It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It is the return of this week in fantasy. Let's dive right into it. And as always, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome in the man who I've missed talking to every week. I, I don't realize how much I enjoy talking to this man every single week until it's not there, and then I go and withdraw. So I'm happy to have him back. The one, the only, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. What is up, brother? Oh, this is like our therapy, right? I joke that fantasy football is therapy for dudes and uh, our therapy is talking to each other every week and uh, one of the best things about football season being back is our, our little talks are back and i hope those of uh, out there eavesdropping also get something out of it ah uh, I, I as we always say i would talk to you without recording without people yeah. listening or anything like that so super happy to have you back, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course, everyone can follow Sigmund's work at footballguys.com. Uh, I I can't recommend it enough in terms of, of it is worth the price of admission. There is so much information there. Sigmund will tell you a little bit more about it later, but um, so worth it. So many resources. If you want to win, uh, it is a must, in my opinion, for fantasy owners. And of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom, an outstanding follow. So uh, uh, for those who don't know, for those new to the podcast, what we do is we just dive right through every game Sigmund gets you set with start, sits, DFS advice, all that type of stuff. So um, we will dive in and at the end, we'll have a little fun going inside the mind of Mr. Sigmund Bloom. A little catch up with Sigmund Bloom. This is going to be great, but let's dive in, Sigmund, as there is so much to get to. Football is finally back. Thank the Lord. And it starts Thursday night uh, for the first time in a while, not the Super Bowl champ on Thursday night. We have 100 years of the NFL, the all-time rivalry in their opinion, the Packers, the Bears. What do you think about this one from a fantasy perspective, Sig? We're excited to see a healthy Aaron Rodgers with a coach that he kind of wants. At least the coach that maybe he that he maybe wants. Yeah, that he's not working against. Aaron Jones maybe getting a larger role in the backfield as a receiver, in addition to being a true lead back. Marcus Valdez Scantling, uh, full time role. Jerome Allison, an interesting play here. 
The one big piece missing, well, Adrian Amos is a good player. And on the Packers now, ha-ha, Clinton Dix will replace him for the Bears defense. But by Bryce Callahan, Vic Fangio liked him so much that he's with Fangio in Denver now. And how's this defense going to look with Chuck Pagano instead of Vic Fangio, who's one of the best in the business at disguising and keeping uh, offenses off balance? Uh, and you know, on the Chicago side, uh, David Montgomery's big debut. I like the Tree Cohen's matchup if we have to go deep because uh, I think the, they're down to a seventh round rookie at one of the inside linebacker spots. Matt Nagy's going to try to exploit that. Trey Burton's a little banged up. I wouldn't count on him even if he is active. Allen Robinson, I'm excited to watch. Uh, Anthony Miller should play. I'm not sure if he's 100 percent. Right now, really, we're going to be watching Mitchell Trubisky in year two to see if he's made strides after kind of a rough camp. But, you know, James, it could be a rough camp in the same way that Patrick Mahomes had a rough camp last year because they're trying stuff out. They're seeing what works and what doesn't work. Uh, So, you know, this is going to be an engrossing game and will certainly live up to the months and months of anticipation. Yeah, it's so it's one of those things where, you know, it's a tough spot where, I have Aaron Jones in a league where I have uh, I had keepers. He was one of my keepers, but I also have um, better running back options or at least good running back options. But you're so tempted to play the guy in the first game of the year, even if it's not the best matchup. But um, where, where do you come down, just Aaron Jones specifically, before we dive on to the rest of the schedule, specifically yeah. this week against the Bears, against a really good run defense? It's a good run defense. I'd still be inclined to play him, though, because he should be involved more as a receiver out of the backfield based on camp. And also, you know, th- this is a guy that last year he came in uh, suspended and hasn't really got to hit the ground running. So I would hope that... Uh, with the outside zone running scheme that they're going to install there. Uh, that's well suited to his talents that you know, we're going to see an even better Aaron Jones this year. All right, let's dive into the Sunday slate, starting with the one o'clockers. Uh, the, the team that I think um, going into the season, certainly in fantasy draft season has been the darlings of the fantasy world and the real NFL world too, but certainly the fantasy world, the Cleveland Browns hosting the Tennessee Titans. Sigmund, how much should people be buying into this high powered fantasy offense this season? They should be. If there's a hitch, it's the offensive line, but Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, and what could Odell Beckham do with a quarterback that isn't Eli Manning? We'll get to see that. Uh, it's at least the first go round. You know, Beckham's missed some time, so maybe there's some chemistry needs to be developed. Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins. I like Rashard Higgins a lot. I think he has the best chemistry of anybody on this team with Baker Mayfield. Uh, David Njoku might be kept into block more. I'm not as excited about him. On the Tennessee side, I mean, everyone out there listening that cares about fantasy football, how good did it make you feel to draft a Titans player, any Titans player this year? <laughs> How good will it make you feel to start them, even against Cleveland? And I say even against Cleveland, though. Taylor Lewan, the left tackle, is suspended for four games. Remember, Cleveland added Sheldon Richardson and Olivier Vernon, so they've got a really tough front four against the run and the pass, and uh, it could be a long afternoon for Tennessee. I'm so with you. I mean, when they're talking about Ryan Tannehill uh, being better than your starting cornerback, that that's a... Uh, that's a legit worry. I, and I'm with you. Look, I didn't, I wasn't in on Derrick Henry where he was going, but he's really the only Tennessee guy going in the top five, six rounds at least, even further of the draft. So I'm with you. I feel not great about them. Love the OBJ point too, as uh, I think he's made Eli maybe look even better than he uh, could have looked over the last few years. That'll be interesting to see him with a real talented quarterback. All right, uh, this one a little bit less exciting from a fantasy perspective, but still some interesting storylines. The Baltimore Ravens heading down south to take on the Dolphins. Uh, What do you think about this one? Uh, Probably, I'm guessing, not a high-scoring affair, Sigmund. Probably not. With Miami, the tough 
tough take uh, against the Ravens, and the offensive line is going to be terrible without Laramie Tunsil. So we're doing fact-finding here to see who might be our garbage-time stars for the future. For Baltimore, we'll start Lamar Jackson and hope he gets enough fantasy points before this game is out of hand. Mark Ingram, you got to start in a game. Any games that we think Baltimore is going to win comfortably, Ingram's going to be a good play, and maybe Justice Hill or Gus Edwards as a garbage-time, what we like to call what-the-heck flex, uh, to take advantage of Miami's run defense in the second half when they're just trying to go home. Miles Boykin is a player I like drafting late, although this week he will be tangling with Xavier Howard, so maybe it's a Mark Andrews. You know, There's a lot of tight ends maybe outside of the top 10 that you're looking at. This week, uh, Mark Andrews has a terrific matchup against Miami's very weak linebacker court. Miles Boykin's an interesting name to look down the, the course of the season, both him and Hollywood Brown. Seems like yeah. he, uh, Boykin has kind of taken the lead there, which is interesting. Yes. All right, next one, a very interesting matchup from a fantasy perspective. Good offense, theoretically, versus a good theoretical defense here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons heading in to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Where do you come down this one second? And this is going to be maybe a little, even though it's a dome game, maybe a little low scoring compared to what you would hope for. So Matt Ryan's going to face a lot of pressure. That often makes him look mortal. You're still going to play Julio Jones. Uh, Calvin Ridley has a, a good matchup uh, compared to Jones's matchup facing Xavier Rhodes, probably. You're still going to play Devontae Freeman. Remember, he's the man in this backfield now. Austin Hooper could be interesting because when Matt Ryan struggles, he tends to target Hooper a lot. Uh, but you know this is going to be an overachiever game for them, or Minnesota, who has a new Kubiak Denison offense. You know they're just looking to win games twenty four seventeen or twenty one thirteen. Their defense is going to carry them. So you still love Dalvin Cook. This is the ideal scenario, ideal situation for him. This outside zone running game is going to set him up for success. They're going to ride him. You're still going to play Thielen. Watch Stephon Diggs. We haven't heard much about it yet, except that he missed practice early in the week. So make sure before you start him, because we know about Diggs, you know, he's like a sports car. If something's a little bit off, they may set him to not risk a worse injury or, or something that sidelines him for longer. Uh, Kirk Cousins is, you know, a high floor, low ceiling play. We're going to say that every week. <laughs> you know, he's not going to win your week for you. He's not going to lose your week because he has a dud. This is one of those big power games. You know, James, it's the Eagles fan base, the, the, the interested listeners, there's some really good NFC tilts. Maybe not the game the Eagles are in, but no. you know, Atlanta, Minnesota, <laughs> Carolina, and the Rams, Green Bay, and Chicago. Some good games to start to sort out uh, the wheat from the chaff early. Yeah, especially with the Falcons week two for the Eagles. So that's yep. certainly a game the Eagles fans will be paying attention to. I love the point about Dalvin Cook, too. Great matchup. It's even in PPR leagues, I think, uh, obviously, I think if there's one thing that you can count on year to year for some reason, it's the Falcons not being able to defend running backs in the passing game. <laughs> but, um, and you know, Mike Zimmer likes to run the ball, too. So, uh, all right. Uh, interesting AFC East tilt, uh, to steal a term there, between um, two teams that have young quarterbacks and are hoping to turn the corner here. The Buffalo Bills heading in to take on the New York Jets. The Jets particularly, I think, a really interesting fantasy team this year. A lot of rumors about them playing fast, a new Gase offense, all that. What do you think about this game and about the Jets moving forward as well? Yeah, it's an unveil for Gase and Darnold. And, you know, maybe it was just that Gase didn't have much to work with in Miami. That's why he slowed it down. That's why it was kind of an uncreative offense. Uh, we'll see. Robbie Anderson's banged up and tangling with Tredavious White. This looks much more of a Jamison Crowder game going up against Tavon Johnson. Of course, you're going to play Le'Veon Bell, but we get our first data point on him outside of Pittsburgh. The guards are a little banged up. Brian Khalil 
uh, came in during camp, so this line hasn't had a chance to gel. And, you know, uh, James, maybe the player that I'm irrationally excited to watch play in week one, Ed Oliver. Ooh, going with a D tackle there. I was yeah, not expecting that segment. You know, I mean, shades of Aaron Donald. So yeah, we'll see how absolutely. He plays. And Quinnen Williams is on the other side here against a Buffalo line that has improved from last year, but is still gelling and still settling in, finding that combination of players. They've had some injuries. I love Smokey Brown in this game. Tremaine Johnson's banged up. Josh Allen can extend plays and throw the deep ball with the best of them. We'll see what Cole Beasley does. He's rift well with Allen, hopefully getting him to take more of those short, easy passes. Well, easy for a lot of quarterbacks. We'll see about Josh Allen <laughs> and his accuracy. I don't know that I would play Devin Singletary yet, but know that Devin Singletary will get a chance to earn as much work as he deserves. So if he performs above expectations or maybe at increased expectations, he's a big reason why they let LaShawn McCoy go. Maybe this game will be a bit quieter as they'll use some Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon, but his arrow is pointing up. Yeah, I think that's one of the most interesting things to watch from a fantasy backfield perspective in the first week to see just how much work Singletary is going to get. But I agree with you over the course of the season, third round pick on Singletary. I think he's the guy they want to take over. Uh, I love that you went Smokey Brown too. He's not a John Brown anymore. He's just Smokey Brown. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and uh, Quentin Williams, maybe the most likable guy it seems to come to the NFL yeah. in quite some time. When the, the video of him sneezing and blessing himself is one of my favorite things I've ever seen. It is amazing. If you haven't watched it, check it out. All right, segment. Uh, we come to the game that, that a lot of people here care about. But when we're listening to this pod, we're talking fantasy. But um, I, I think a lot of Eagles fans feel very confident with Washington coming in to the link um where do you come down this uh, especially from an eagles perspective a lineup that has a lot of options um could this be the type of thing where you're not quite sure who's going to get theirs each week or is this yeah. specifically the type of game where everybody gets theirs well what so this is going to be an exercise it's how well you know your team and how well you know your coach and how well you know the opposing defense because rational coaching would dictate with all of the different looks you know, if it's a, a secondary that is better at the catch point and being physical, then it's a Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar week. If it's a secondary that is quick and fast but can't win at the catch point, then maybe it's J.J. Arthega. Is everyone yes. actually saying Arthega? No, it's, so it's like 50-50, maybe even 60-40 Arthega. We have a thing in Philly, uh, Sigmund, let me tell you, we love to say people's names wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. Alshon Jeffrey is finally Alshon Jeffrey after years of Al- Alshon Jeffries. Um, uh, Corey Clement is Corey Clement to mm. most Eagles fans. We're really bad about it. It's it's not one of our finest moments, but you are correct. His name is J.J. Arthega. Whiteside, the Spaniard, yeah. as we like to call it. Catalan, uh, uh, Barcelona. It's a, you know, it's a, they, they, I think that they're like some separatists there uh, with their separate language. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Barth- my Barcelona, point is, uh, Sigmund, Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, Barcelona. of course. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, you Dallas Goddard's another guy where if the matchups dictate, and this could be one where the matchups dictate it because Washington has some inexperienced players at inside linebacker. Um, you know, I think that these guys are all going to blend together week to week, except for Zach Ertz. And you have to project which players have the easiest matchups, the path of least resistance, if you will. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is going to play, obviously. So I, I'm not going to talk anybody out of going with your Eagles, because especially at home, and I, I just think this offense is set up to be up there with the Kansas Cities in terms of uh, offensive production, firepower. Um, and then we're going to watch the whole Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders thing. Um, 
this is a great game, I think, to get Sanders 15, 20 carries, get him over any kind of mental blocks. There might be about fumbling. I think that's the only real hitch in him starting to take off this year. It could also be a Jordan Howard game just because, hey, if the game's in hand, why not let Jordan Howard grind them down to dust in the second half, your division opponent? But if this isn't a cakewalk for – and I know it's for Washington um, – Trey Quinn, I guess, or Chris Thompson, short pass. <laughs> Case Keenum, you know, who's the short passing, easy, high percentage target? Probably Chris Thompson, I think. Yeah, it's a good call. And, and, you know, you know, maybe Darius Geis can break off a long run, but I'm avoiding Washington like the plague here. If it's not a cakewalk for Philly, then there's going to be a lot of questions after this game. Oh, tell me about it, Sigmund. It better, it better be a cakewalk. We'll just say that. And you are, you are correct. I think. Uh, most Eagles fans would tell you that Miles Sanders, the guy you want to own in that backfield long-term over the course of the season, he's just a better running back than Jordan Howard. But uh, I agree. I think it's smart to get him in there, You know, kind of get some nerves out against an easier opponent. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, another really good game here, uh, though the last one was not. This one uh, could be an interesting one, and the line has been very interesting because it's not moved, and you would think there'd be more people betting on the Rams. But the Rams, heading in to start the season against the Carolina Panthers, Sigmund, what do you think about this one? This is another one of those NFC power struggle, power tilts. Uh, both teams should entertain thoughts of the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Rams do. Um, on the Rams side, you know, I, I understand why you might not want to bench Cooks or Woods, but they've got the tougher matchups uh, against those outside corners. And Cooper Cup, assuming you know, everything's full go and it should be after his ACL surgery, he's the guy who may be the number one target here. Of course, we're watching Todd Gurley. Play Todd Gurley. I mean, you drafted him. Play him could be a disappointing game that could lead to a disappointing season if we see that yes they really are going to pace their workload with him to save his knees for january and also this is a really tough carolina front seven maybe the best front seven in the entire league two new starters on the rams offensive line they're going to be tested Goff's going to be tested see daryl henderson i'm not playing daryl henderson but i'm excited to see him as a player that they might feature more to catch defenses off balance because john mcveigh knows he can't just do what he did last year that they're going to have to throw some new looks, some new wrinkles at opponents. Cam Newton looks good, ready to go. Uh, he looks like a solid start this week. As obviously, Christian McCaffrey and Greg Olson. Look, he's healthy. He's number one target uh, for Cam Newton as long as he's healthy. I like Curtis Samuel in this game to get behind Aqib Tlaib or Marcus Peters once. And that's all it's going to take because uh, these are aggressive guys who like to try to jump routes. So, Samuel's coming off an incredible preseason and offseason. DJ Moore is a solid play, but I like Samuel over him this week and maybe for the whole year. Ooh, that's interesting. I like that call. I, I The DJ Moore hype towards the end of draft season really, really seemed to get out of control. He was being taken way earlier than I like to take him, and I love getting Samuel a few rounds later. I couldn't believe he was going so much later. I think that's a, a really interesting one to track. All right, Sigmund, one more one o'clocker. It's another good one, and another interesting fantasy one is we have you know, what most people expect, or it certainly was last year, the best fantasy offense we have. Going in to face a tough defense that, that looks revived and should be good this year, the Kansas City Chiefs heading in to take on the Nick Foles-led Jacksonville Jaguars. Sigmund, what do you think of this one? Yeah, and I understand if yeah, you know, you're a little misty-eyed as an Eagles fan. Oh, love game. that guy. I you love that memory, guy, Sigmund. You know, ah, Nick Foles is it's my dude. That's my that dude. All that stuff really happened. Yes, yes. Um, 
Kansas City side, you know, maybe a little longer afternoon for Sammy Watkins and Tyree Kill. Not that you're benching them, but that could make you more inclined in your DFS lineups. You know, a big Tyree uh, Travis Kelsey day. We'll see how much LaShawn McCoy. Speaking of misty-eyed Eagles fans, we'll see how much LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> Less gonna... misty-eyed about that one, segment. Sure. Hey, and well, and maybe he almost w- was going to come back. Um, but Damian Williams is still the play here in the backfield for now. Uh, and if LaShawn McCoy looks washed up, you know, Damian Williams could gain a lot of the value back. And don't drop Darwin Thompson yet, because let's see how McCoy looks, even though Casey wants to use him a lot. And even Nicole Hardman, you want to go deep in those DFS lineups, somebody that's going to be maybe low-owned or deeper fantasy leagues. It seems to me like you try to get Nicole Hardman isolated against one of the corners that's not A.J. Boye or Jalen Ramsey. That sounds good to me uh, in that one-on-one matchup. That sounds like big plays. On the Jacksonville side, Nick Bowles is a second quarterback in Superflex Leagues. Again, a, a high-ceiling, cheap quarterback in DFS. And that means D.D. Westbrook should get some good volume. Chris Conley, D.J. Chark, these guys have a chance to make some big plays downfield in what could be a high-scoring game. And in the redemption tour for Leonard Fournette, even if they fall behind, he should be a big part of the passing game. So Jacksonville's defense is trying to regain their swagger here, too. So there's some different, different angles, some interesting layers to this one. Yeah, it's a fascinating one. Even last year when they weren't that great, they held Mahomes to one of his worst games last season. Um, I think it's a really interesting matchup, and I love D.D. Westbrook too, and love the stories about Leonard Fournette holing up in Wyoming all offseason. He's never failed before, Sigmund, and he hated it, and he's never going to fail again. Do I own Leonard Fournette in the WIP Fantasy League? Yes, I do. All right, Sigmund, let's move on to the 4 o'clock slate of games here. Uh, Really interesting one to start off here. The Chargers have been... Feels like every preseason snake bit in one way or another. Derwin James goes down, Melvin Gordon, all that stuff. And then um, the team, the only team that can outdo them snake bit wise, it seems this offseason, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, the Jacoby Brissett, Indianapolis, Brissett led Indianapolis Colts uh, heading into that sham of a home stadium for the Chargers. What do you think about this one, Sig? James, doesn't this just feel like a boring 13-10 kind of game? Yeah, you know, sure a, does. A, a stalemate, if you well, will. Well, either, either that or Jacoby Brissett for five touchdowns and, and everyone Maybe. loses their mind. And this is right? a different <laughs> offense than the one he was in two years ago, you know? Oh, no question. And he has a lot more time there. I mean, he was traded before, like two weeks before the season. And they're like, hey, right. go go do it, buddy. And a much better coach, a much better offensive line. Uh, it's a totally different situation. It is. It is. And he, he may show us that. And congratulations to him for getting life-changing money. Uh, and doing so, it himself. Did you see yeah. that? Yes. No agent. Shout out to that guy. That. Good That's work. Right. Beautiful stuff. So, look, I'm not starting Jacoby Brissett, but I think he, we could be underestimating him. Marlon Mack, likewise, although the Chargers run defense is usually one to exploit. Yeah, you know, I won't talk you out of starting Marlon Mack. T.Y. Hilton has a tougher matchup. I mean, we just don't expect this to be a prolific offense now, although you still might go with the Colts that you drafted to start for your fantasy team. On the Chargers side, their offensive line's in bad shape. Uh, so I'm, and the Colts defense gets better and better. So I'm probably going away from Phillip Rivers. I'm going away from Mike Williams. Hunter Henry, I think you're probably playing him, but lower expectations this week. I won't be surprised if some of these guys like Olsen and Mark Andrews, et cetera, outscore him. Um, You're going to play Keenan Allen. Looks like he's healthy going into the year. And maybe with a poor offensive line, Allen's ability to get open early in routes could be just what the doctor ordered here. Uh, But as you said, both of these teams outlook diminished greatly over the last few months with injuries. Uh, And meanwhile... Hey, we haven't talked. We'll talk about this game. Later. You know, somehow the Patriots. What's the opposite of snake? <laughs> 
cheaters, I think is what we're looking for a segment. And I think that I think that's what the opposite is. Joyless robot. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, all right, I'm with you on that one. I, I, if I had to bet, I would bet this ends up being an ugly game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Colts won, though. I wouldn't. You know, they got a little bit of a. Uh, you would think there's a uh, point underdogs. Give me the Colts. Yeah, oh, certainly against the spread. It could be a little nobody believed in us type of thing going on there. I could see that. All right, segment moving on a. Uh, not a great one, this next one, as uh, I think the Bengals could be one of the worst teams in football, and I think yeah. Seattle's going to be all right. They're heading in to take on Seattle. Is this a start your Seahawks, hit your Bengals kind of game? Yeah, it is. You know, when Javian Clowney got uh, traded to Seattle, didn't you feel that? It's like Andy Dalton's like the kid who doesn't want to go out to the <laughs> playground resets because he's going to get his lunch money taken. You yeah, know? he might be feeling that a lot this season, but certainly yeah. with Jadevian staring him down. Oh. So the offensive line's in bad shape. You're going to play Joe Mixon. Tyler Eifert's interesting. He's healthy. He's always productive when he's healthy. Um, you know, John Ross at least is going to play. Tyler Boyd's going to get a lot of targets. Although, you know, I'm not saying he's a must start. Uh, Chris Carson's a must start. Tyler Lockett is a must start. Russ Wilson, maybe not a must start because it's uh, like that Lamar Jackson situation where you want him to get those fantasy points before the game gets out of hand because it should get out of hand. Get that Seattle defense in there with the 12th man and now Clowney and Ezekiel Leander is on the field, at least for now. So, yeah, this game changed a lot on that crazy 24 hours on uh, cut down Saturday. And now Seattle, another one of those teams, not tested this week like Carolina and the Rams and uh, you know Atlanta and Minnesota, but a team that should, again, consider themselves. How many teams, James, like eight, nine, ten teams in the NFC should consider themselves Super Bowl contenders? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's really, it is such a stacked conference with some high-end talent. I'm really with you. Um, and another team that, that much to our dismay, uh, certainly considers itself a, uh, a Super Bowl contender, though I think the Eagles are, are better. But um, Dallas Cowboys, they got Zeke back, Sigmund. They are taking on a team that, if I had to pick who I think is the most likely team to go 0-16, it's the New York Giants. They head into Dallas. What do you think about this one? So, you know, Zeke's home. Um Dak Prescott, you know, he's going to be a high floor play. I'm worried about Amari Cooper. Uh, I think that Michael Gallup could actually end up being the foot the thing receiver. scares me. Yeah, I just don't want to. You don't want the injury seal already broken, especially when it's an injury a player has struggled with in the past. Um, you know, we'll see you about the Cobb and Witten unveil and Tony Pollard, the weapon offensive line is back together. Kellen Moore can bring this offense into the 21st century finally. So these are all good things for the Giants. You're going to play Saquon Barkley. You're going to play Evan Ingram. And otherwise, you're probably hoping that Eli Manning uh, plays badly enough that we start the Daniel Jones watch after how the preseason went. And you wonder whether this team would be better off with Daniel Jones. But I, I think this is one much like the Eagles home opener. you got the whole NFC East tilts. If the home teams don't control the game, they got some splaining to do. Yeah, man. There are going to be some freaked out fans in either of those. As uh, I, Look, I think Giants and Washington are both two of the worst five teams in football. So I am, I'm very with you there in that one. And look, I think most people are probably a better quarterback than Eli Manning right now. But I don't <laughs> know if Daniel Jones is. Yeah, exactly. But Daniel Jones, I don't know. Good preseason, but I'm still not sold, that's for sure. All right, Sigmund, this next one, um, not a great NFL matchup, but I think an interesting one from a fantasy perspective is the Arizona Cardinals have one of the more interesting, heading into the season, more interesting unknowns with Murray and the Kingsbury offense and all that. The Detroit Lions head in there this Sunday. What do you think about this game and about the Arizona offense in particular? I'm worried about Arizona's offense because I'm worried about their defense. Uh, 
because I'm worried their defense won't get off the field. Uh, it just is rational to keep Kyler Murray on the sidelines, shorten this game, grind out eight, nine, ten minute drives, and Arizona's defense cannot do much to stop that. And that's Detroit's MO anyway. So it's a carry on Johnson game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones, K- Kenny Galladay, this similar, even TJ Hawkinson. Uh, these are all guys that could make your day on one play, but they're also guys that if this game gets out of hand because Arizona's down 21 nothing and it's already the third quarter, now you're regretting starting them. So, you know, there's a razor's edge here. On the Arizona side, I would I would play David Johnson. I mean, in any game, in any scenario, he's going to be at the centerpiece of the offense. Uh, but Kyler Murray, again, if I, he only gets six or seven, uh, six or seven possessions and has that low margin of error, mm, I'm not sure. Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, who's going to get Darius Slay? How's that all going to go? I know that they're going to have some unveil. And, hey, maybe Arizona shocks us all. And, ha- and I still like Arizona long-term. Their schedule gets a lot better after an opening trio of Detroit, Baltimore, and Carolina. But those teams can just run and run and run and shorten the game and make it not much fun for the air raid. So I would love to see the air raid come out and be an air show. But I also won't be surprised if this is a game that has people saying, I told you so, it's not going to work. And then give it a month, and it'll start to work. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know if it'll it'll be a month or not. I believe in Kyler. I don't know if I believe in Kingsbury, but um, I'm with you. I think this one could be ugly for them. I, I don't know about you as a carry on Johnson, and I'm very excited to see him run all over the field and then see Jay Anderson steal all his touchdowns. All right, next game uh, segment, last of the four o'clock slate. I think an interesting one from a fantasy perspective is these are two offenses that have at least some level of excitement around them uh, for different reasons. San Francisco 49ers heading into Tampa Bay to take on the Bruce Arians air show Tampa Bay Bucks. What do you think about this one? Yeah, start everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, on the San Francisco side, Bat Brita looks like he's going to be the guy to be the number one back. He's going to share with Tevin Coleman and give me Brita. If you got a healthy Brita against Tampa and you're not playing him, when are you going to play him? Uh, get him in there as a flex play or maybe even a running back too, even though you didn't draft him to be your running back too. And as a quick aside, don't play your lineup in the order you drafted them. Don't feel like you have to start someone just because they were your second running back. If you want to, hey, you know, David Montgomery, let's see for a week. I like Matt Breida better, at least for this week. Do it. And if Montgomery goes on, on your bench, it's okay. That's good. That's a good thing. Um, Marquise Goodwin against this secondary i think it's interesting even dante pettis after his up and down summer uh, because it's tampa because the tampa defense george kittle obviously jimmy garoppolo even against this tampa defense we saw what kyle shanahan did as far as keeping this offense viable um viable tampa uh you're gonna play evans godwin and howard and i'm not necessarily playing anybody out of this backfield and you're gonna play winston i mean it, it could be a rough ride but you know they're gonna air it out uh dare ogun bowale yes i'm very interested in he's my guy Yes, uh, great passing down back, and like Devin Singletary in Buffalo, he will have a chance for his role to grow to show what he is capable of. And doesn't it just make sense, James, that the kinds of plays where Ogunbowale belongs on the field, the passing mode plays, are going to be the plays where this offense looks the best anyway. Absolutely. So it's good for them to have him out on the field. I won't be surprised if he's their number one running back by the end of the season. Yeah, I'm with you. And and if nothing else, it's because I think Peyton Barber stinks and I wasn't sold on Ronald Jones in college and I know they spent a second round pick on him, but that was a you know different head coach and all that. And Ronald Jones has shown nothing so far to make me believe he's going to be good. There's upside there for sure, but I'm with you. I think Dari is a 
really, really interesting guy this year, especially in PPR leagues, and someone who will have a role to start the season and could have a much bigger role as the season progresses. All right, Sigmund, let's get to your squad. It's time. You know it. Sunday night football, the game of the week, in my opinion. Your Pittsburgh Steelers, a new look Steelers, no killer bees anymore, heading in to take on, uh, you know, that that team from New England. I mean, you know what this, uh, you know this is going to. You're ready here. for heartbreak, aren't you? You're just, no, no, you're, no, no, you're no. just this going. Is, let me get you into the neuroses of a Steelers fan. Okay, okay good, good. I'm ready. The Steelers win. Like Ben Roethlisberger drives them down the field. The Steelers win this game, like 30-27, on a last-second touchdown pass to Vance McDonald, just to set up that it gets them the home field advantage in the playoffs in the AFC title <laughs> game. The Patriots come into Pittsburgh and win. On the la- that's and it's going to be yep. the same thing, you know. Like well the, said, the, the, the Jesse James is putting the ball out or whatever, you know. Yep. That's how they were thinking about not just this heartbreak, but the heartbreak. To be. But look, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger, this team seems to be settled down now. I think you're going to see for fantasy a really nice narrow offense that really runs through Juju and Connor. I think these guys are great plays in this one. If you're going to and Vance McDonald, you know, should be maybe the number two target in the passing game and certainly prominent. Wow. We'll see about James Washington. We'll see about Dante Moncrief. We'll see about Jalen Samuels. They have some other guys to mix in there. But much like that Philly offense, you have this good of an offensive line. You know they're going to be successful. On the New England side, Josh Gordon's going to tangle with uh, Joe Hayden. But we saw him look really good without Rob Gronkowski. Uh, knock off the rust. Uh, you know Julian Edelman. The Steelers can't cover slot receivers. The Steelers are probably going to have him matched up with a you know, the linebacker or something, knowing the Steelers. You see how much my Steelers neuroses is. I haven't broken the seal on it yet, so it's been built up for months and months, James. Um, you let, <laughs> let it flow. Let it flow, segment. Yeah, man. Well, this, you know, we're all we're, we're Pennsylvanians here. Yeah, though, we're, we're in a trust tree here. No worries. We, well, you know, we're cousins, even though we're cousins that may look across the Appalachians and say, you're like me, but you're not totally like me. You're but not look, really like me, but yeah. season's starting soon, so we yes. got to remember that. Uh, that's where the bad blood comes in. Yeah, the but, Pirates and Phillies couldn't care less about each other. <laughs> exactly, because they couldn't care less, and that pretty much sums it up. Uh, so, you know, Sony Michelle looks good in this one uh, because he's been involved more in the passing game in addition to being the guy that's going to finish these drives. This is going to be an outstanding game. This is going to be a playoff intensity game right off the bat. So we don't get this one on Thursday, as you said, because the NFL wanted to highlight one of the original rivalries. But this is one of the rivalries of the now. And I have a feeling we will see these two teams play again in January. Yeah, I I love this game. I'm happier it's on Sunday night. I think this is the perfect way to end that Sunday. Something to look forward to all day. And I like this new look Pittsburgh team. Kind of like, you know, get rid of a little of the bullshit and and focus on – on winning football games. I think it could work. Uh, amazing stat. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. I know that he is a, 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 a volatile guy, especially for Steelers fans, but never had a losing season. That's an impressive thing these days, you know? Yeah, I, well, and I say that, see, this is a good thing to say to you, Steelers fan, because at different times during his tenure, you'd be like, oh, he's the one holding them back. And look, he's not their best tactician. He's not necessarily the best X's and O's to put his team at an advantage, but he gets everyone pulling in the same direction. That's obviously a, a lot easier. And if you're like me, you've been divorced. If you folks out there listening, you've been divorced. You understand just the bounce, the lift that comes with getting that bad energy out of your household. Oh, I'm so with you. And I'm a big leader of men guy. And he comes off to me as a leader of men. So I'm with you. All right, Sigmund, uh, we get the lucky uh, lucky us. Two Monday night games to start the season. One of them 
is a really good game. The first one, the Houston Texans, the revamped new look Houston Texans heading in to take on the New Orleans Saints, which people might not know is now your home segment, which is very exciting. So this game, uh, by the way, I, I don't know if you can confirm for us. I've heard that people are still protesting outside the Superdome and Forever. they're throwing, never they're throwing, throwing parades and whatnot still. Yeah. That's that's what I heard. Okay, good. They will good. never let it go. <laughs> I think I even saw something. Uh, this is how deep it goes. I saw something advertising a blood drive that said, you know, throw the flag, save a life. No! Oh, my God. I mean, look, it was a horrible call. You got to get over it. You got to move on, folks. You look ridiculous. The way it's been explained to me, and let me tell you, and I think you understand this being in Philadelphia, and I'll say I'll lump Pittsburgh in too. We love our teams except when things go badly, and then we hate our teams. (laughs) New Orleans – the the love is always there. It's yeah, all, it's it's like the team is their children or in their family, and it's been explained to me that it's Katrina. It's what happened after Katrina. Sure. And thankfully, no other American city has had to go through that scale of trauma. And if that's what helps, then that's what helps. And I, you're not going to get me to say anything bad about New Orleans, all right? No, well, it's I'm, fair. I'm, and look, government. <laughs> I mean, actually, I can say a lot of bad things about New Orleans, but I, I love it. It's filled my heart with joy to be here. This is a good game. I mean, what a great interconference tilt here. Um, Houston gets Laramie Tunsil, Deshaun Watson in the, the hostile dome here, but you know that his outlook looks a lot better with Tunsil and Kenny Stills coming back to New Orleans. If Kiki Cutie, my man, isn't ready, then Stills is going to be ready to have a big game. Will Fuller, maybe not 100%, but I think you still got to play him. Uh, so he's not going to have to face Marshawn Lattimore. That will be DeAndre Hopkins' job, and I love Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's a great player. Now he's going to get a chance to show that on a consistent basis. The last time we saw him, he was producing against, you know, for a U Jackson team. So what can he do on a real team with a real quarterback? On the New Orleans side... You're still not as excited to play Drew Brees. It's a more conservative team, a little more Latavius Murray. It's a home game, one that they should be uh, you know, healthy and moving the ball for, so Murray becomes a flex play. Michael Thomas got paid. There's a holdout without any drama. Um, Jared Cook is a real interesting guy here as they open up the parts of the playbook that have been dormant since they traded away Jimmy Graham. Even Ted Ginn. Remember, Houston, they had problems on the offensive line. They had problems at corner. Too. So that could make it a Ted Ginn night in the Big Easy. How about that? A Ted Ginn night. All right, last one segment, the 1020 Monday night start. Not a ton of fantasy relevancy in this one, but some interesting names. Denver heading into Oakland. The fountain of youth for Emmanuel Sanders. Remember, Joe Flacco attaches to these veteran wide receivers that he gets. Anquan Bolden, Derek Mason, Steve Smith, Mike Wallace last year for half a season, John Brown. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to come out of the gate strong here. Uh, Royce Freeman could be an interesting play if you think Denver's going to control this game, even though they're on the road. Vic Fangio in that defense is going to tee off on an Oakland offensive line that's missing their two starting guards. And they still have Colton Miller out there, too. So... This could be a long night for Derek Carr, for Antonio Brown. Uh, we'll see about how he does in his debut. Darren Waller's an interesting guy here because Denver always has trouble covering the tight end. He's got that speed, ability to be a big play tight end. Uh, Josh Jacobs, the rookie, gets his first start. You probably play him, but again, this is going to be a rough night, I think, for the Oakland offense. As, you know, we'll see that even though Vic Fangio is the head coach, he'll also put his fingerprints on an already good defense. All right, it is time. And again, remember, follow Sigmund's work at footballguys.com. It is absolutely worth the price. I promise you that. And uh, at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter, that is 
free Sigmund. It's time to go inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. I'm so happy to have this segment back. I, I, a three-pack of questions for you. We're starting off easy. Get people into the flow. We go inside the amazing, wonderful, sometimes weird, sometimes out there mind of Sigmund Bloom that we love so much. Um, but it's a catch-up. We're catching up with Sigmund. We've missed this man. So, Sigmund, let's start it off. We mentioned before you're now living in a new place. What has been the best part about living in New Orleans? Oh. I mean, it's, it's got to be... Too many things? Too many things to say? I mean, it's really too many things to say. I'll, I'll, but I, I, mean, I can't narrow it down to one. That's just unfair, okay? The food, and it's everything, it's cracked up to be in more, and that includes when you get out of the French Quarter. I mean, the French Quarter lives up. There's so many things there. And please, folks, really, I, I would love to just be doing New Orleans travel tips 100% of the time and, and retire from fantasy football. I want to bring New Orleans to the world, and I want to bring the world to New Orleans. So, so reach out. If you're coming down here, and I'll, I'll direct you to the hidden joys of New Orleans, like gas station fried chicken. Yes, gas station fried chicken. <laughs> oh, and it. so many other things. So many other things. Then another thing I'll say that is great about New Orleans that you, it's really hard to get used to now going elsewhere. You can take your drink with her everywhere you go. Ah, it is the most amazing thing in the world that you don't think about until you're it's doing good, it. It just doesn't make sense when you go yes. to other cities and places yes. now, James. Like, why can't I just take my drink with me? Why do I have to finish it before I leave? I don't it's a, understand. It's a, it's a great point. Um, and then so, the other one is just people, the people. The, every interaction is so so rich folks here appreciate just being just participating in life in each other's lives and any interaction has the potential to be special to have the gleam the glimmer of a soul meeting a soul i think all you folks out there that love to come to new orleans you know that you feel something in you awaken when you're here and that's real that's your soul new orleans is all about the soul and uh it's it's good for you even though there's a lot of things about new orleans that don't make sense too oh i love that maybe we have to rename this segment inside the soul yeah, inside the soul that's a dark yeah. that place has its own dark corners uh, <laughs> well, we like to venture in those corners all right uh i think uh, obviously we'll take nola off the board for this next question but uh what is the coolest thing that happened to you since we last spoke got married i got married to my the love of my life who i've mentioned before i think with you kate uh out on the beach in la jolla um it was just me and her and her son and a good friend of mine um and his wife who was our, our witness and uh i'm overjoyed I, I i found true love um everybody's soul is different but for those of you out there that are wired to to want to love and be loved um may you find that i'm, I'm thankful for every day that I have that and uh, it's it's a beautiful thing and another chance for me to shout out for that North County San Diego area where I saw one of the beaches we go to in Encinitas James it collapsed on a family and they died what oh my god that is terrifying they tell you when you go down there too don't set up too close to the bluffs because they can collapse at any time so a day at the beach oh took on a different god week. that is terrifying this is my soul the darkness right yes but I got but married and on the same beach not this right? exact yeah. same Right up the beach, someone had the sandstone fall wow. on them and they dumped. So. That is crazy. Well, at least the first part is beautiful, and I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy you found your person. It is very cool to have your person, and uh, that's very cool. You deserve a person, Sigmund, because you're a freaking awesome guy. So um, that is great news. All right, last one, Sigmund, and we'll let you get out of here. Um, you know we love to dive into the music, the pop culture, all that. So what's the best piece of pop culture you've encountered since we last spoke? I'm a little bit behind the curve here. 
So uh, some of you out there probably already consumed this a while ago. But uh, Chernobyl, that the the Chernobyl um, mm-hmm. uh, series that was on HBO, and it was unbelievably unsettling. I am my understanding is they took painstaking measures to be accurate. Some of it was a little laid on thick to make it like a horror story, but at the same time, like like um, make you you know feel like the creeps. But at the same time, like a true story that makes you feel that way. Uh, I guess that's part of the point. I think there's larger messages there about um, just you know being in a trance being lulled into not knowing what's the truth and what's not the truth anymore uh and so on um so it it was really enthralling really really engrossing uh i'd heard a lot about it it was one of those things that you worry can't live up to the advanced billing after what people said and it did wow so i you know i I think that if something like that sounds interesting and folks hadn't had a chance it was worth the the amazon prime uh, membership to the hbo channel just to watch it Follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom for a ton of fantasy football advice and also some fun nuggets, a, a glimpse into the soul of Sigmund Bloom, which uh, we're all with that. That's the new name of the segment. Yes, uh, Sigmund, thank you so much, man. Always a great pleasure, James. I'm happy to have another season with you, my man. Awesome. Me too, man. Awesome, awesome stuff from Sigmund. As always, again, footballguys.com. Follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom, we will be back next week. Sigmund and I preview in the week two slate. Until then, good luck this weekend. I hope everyone wins. Well, that probably won't happen, but hopefully most of you win. And either way, we'll be back to help you in week two next week. So until then, thank you for listening to This Week in Fantasy, week one edition of the 2019 season.